Hi, I'm John. And I'm Paul. And this is the Minute Podcast. If you give a mouse a cookie, I'm pretty sure he'd write a book. But give us 60 seconds of footage, we'll still tell you where to look. With a concept this simplistic, I can't believe we brought it back. But give us just a minute, and we'll give you season two of the podcast. The Minute Podcast. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode. As you probably know by now, the Minute Podcast is a weekly conversation between John and myself where we discuss a listener-submitted minute of content completely out of context. John, what are we looking at today? Today we're discussing Minute 43 of 1998's A Night in Camelot, uh, submitted by MinuteBot. All right, and before we get into it, I should let you know that this episode is brought to you by Cats Per Mattresses. Have you ever had a cat fall asleep on you? Do you remember how relaxing the soft vibrations of a happy cat purring can be? Well, good news. We've designed a mattress that does just that. New from Cat's Purr Mattresses, the world's first vibrating mattress that isn't in a sex way. Like a cat falling asleep on you, but the other way around. If you visit catspurmattresses.com today and use the coupon code MINUTE, you'll receive a 10% discount off of your first order and a 100% cat hair pillow. All the softness of cat hair with a dander to prove it. So visit catspermattresses.com today. All right. Good to know. First vibrating mattress, but not in the sex way. Okay. Not, not in the sex way. Not in the sex way. Okay. So uh, let's start with our level of familiarity with The Night in Camelot. Uh, I think I've seen this movie before. Yeah, me too. I think I saw it back around 1998, maybe 99. Yeah. Uh, it seems familiar. Uh it's not the first time that this premise has ever been done before. Uh, nope. But uh, it it's pretty, you know, I don't have a problem with this movie, as far as I remember. <laughs> uh, it's uh, It's got Whoopi Goldberg in it. What more do you need? Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg's cool, I think. I think pretty we sure. like her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty safe to say she's probably not a neo-Nazi, so I think we can firmly... <laughs> We're coming out pro whoopee. Yeah. All right, so before we get into it, a quick intro to the scene then. We see Whoopi Goldberg standing on some sort of stage yelling at a man in full armor who's lying down in the mud while she stands next to the king. Seems mm-hmm. like a good scene. We cut to a second scene, which is of her in a medieval chamber of some kind dancing to the twist. Yep. Well, like sit dancing. Chair it's dancing. Like she's doing something. Yeah. Yep. All right, so... Uh, I think we should do a script read, Paul. Okay, uh, I agree. I'm, go- I'm going to... Uh, you're going to play uh, Whoopi's character. And No, you, you, I thought you were going to be Whoopi. Oh, I'm going to... Okay, I, apparently I'm going to be Whoopi's character. Uh, totally meant to say it that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going to be playing everyone else. All right, so I'll be Sir Comedic Relief, Young Squire, Crest White Strips, and King Bad Hair. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. I I must leave on the morrow to rescue a fair damsel trapped in a castle by a three-headed dragon. I shall return in a month. Yeah, okay, and I'm a natural blonde. He seeks time to plot another trick with Merlin. When you get back, have your people call my people, okay? Wait, I'm not finished with you yet. And while I'm in a challenging mood, your highness, I'd like to challenge Merlin. I think he destroyed my flower pot. Ah, then you have been wronged. You have the right to challenge, so says the king. Thank you, sir. 
Right on. <gasps> oh, I'm sorry. It's it's a thing. Look. Yes. Then go right into the wave. Yay. Hooray. She really knows how to rock. Yeah. She really knows how to twist. Let's twist. Yeah, baby. <laughs> John, that's one of the more convincing Whoopi Goldbergs I think I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very good at accents, so I thought I'd really uh, give this one my all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's let's talk about this first scene, John, because I know we usually don't have any context, but we we have really no idea why this knight's lying down in the mud, why Whoopi Goldberg's standing up there next to King Badhair, or what the hell's happening. I mean, what do you think kicked off this interaction? How do you get down there in the mud? Uh, I am, uh, personally, I was already assuming jousting was, was taking place, right? Mm -hmm. Like jousting at like, you know, you're in a suit of armor. We don't see any horses, but being prone definitely implies that maybe he was knocked off of a horse, something like that. Yeah, it's definitely what it looks like. I feel like in any medieval or whatever time period we're really talking about here, uh, yeah. movie from this period, you'd did have a jousting tournament, and it sort of looked like this with a long dais where the king and everybody would hang out. I mean, we, we've talked about jousting before, John, but why don't you tell us what jousting is like as Maryland's state sport? Uh, well, it involves uh, rings, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it basically, it, it's a lot like riding a carousel, except on a real horse, and mm -hmm. uh, instead of just trying to grab the rings with your hands you you grab them with a really long pole and no one ends up in the mud though if i understand it correctly no because i think that they avoid that for insurance reasons ah so it's and less also, interesting than horse, this movie. horse maiming reasons uh <laughs> most horses don't like when people charge at them with poles uh I think we respect horses slightly more than they might have during the medieval times <laughs> Yeah, I really hope that's true. Okay, so we, we assume it's a jousting tournament or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about the costumes for a minute, though, before we forget. How would you how would you describe the costumes in this movie? Uh, definitely medieval timesy, uh, meaning the restaurant. <laughs> not, exactly. Not, yep. Yeah, uh, very much uh, like like what a, a high school play would, would, would be like. I I believe this was a, a made-for-TV movie I think you mentioned earlier, so mm -hmm. uh, it would make sense that maybe their costuming budget isn't the most accurate. Like, yeah, maybe... It kind of it feels appropriate for a made-for-TV movie for the yep. most part. Definitely. Especially one about Wolfie Goldberg going back in time to medieval That's times. <laughs> although, although she does kind of look more like a graduation speaker than someone even at a Renaissance fair to me. She does. She's just missing like the weird like stripes on her arms. Uh, she mm -hmm. definitely has like sort of like a, a graduation gown approach to fashion in this. You know, it's, it's true. I guess the other thing that doesn't really work for me is just the king's crown, which looks to be made entirely out of like cheap rubber. <laughs> Uh, you know, well, rubber was very rare at this time. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So it's a highly, highly sought-after material. It's like how the uh, silverware used to be made out of aluminum because it was rarer than gold. Yep, sure. Or whatever lies they told us in high school. Okay. Uh, I just figured everything was made out of, like, wood because it'd be cheaper. Or hog splatters. 
Or hogs. Yeah, I mean, you got to use the whole hog. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> where the expression comes that's from. That's where actually. the expression comes from. Yeah. A whole hog. Yeah, it's all yeah. about tableware. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it we do sort of get uh, the idea that maybe Merlin is bad. Um, because he, he might have broken her flower pot or something. Is it flower pot or was it just flower? I think pot might have auto-corrected as I was taking notes. Oh, really? I think it was flower pot because I, I think her lips keep moving and she does sort of, uh, there's a plosive at the end a little bit that oh, okay. isn't there with Well, that, that makes more sense than just destroying her flower, I guess. Yeah, destroying her flower seems like a much more risque thing for a, like a made-for-TV Disney movie. <laughs> It's true. I also can't imagine Whoopi ever willingly saying that sentence. Yeah, that it it seems weird, but maybe maybe we're wrong. Maybe it is flower. Maybe flower is something specific to this. Maybe the flower is magical and took her back in time. Just putting that out there is a possible possible you thing. Know, it could be, or maybe she works in a bakery now, and he <coughs> just came in and wrecked the place. Oh yeah, maybe it was yeah flower with a U. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not, though. <laughs> yep. Uh, the king super into everything that Whoopi does. Uh, it must have been very easy to sort of integrate into this, uh, This I don't know, what, what's it called again? Like, the king and has, like, uh, entourage. Court? Yeah, the court. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there we go. Uh, so, I, I kind of wonder what, what she did to do that. Maybe, like... Maybe she had like a lighter with her, and now they think she's a wizard, <laughs> she's a just wizard. like Merlin. Yeah, uh, I think I remember something from this movie, I, and I don't know if it was this movie or something else, but like I remember one of these movies having a scene where there's like a, uh, I think it's a solar eclipse when the sun is eclipsed by the moon, right? Mm-hmm. And and they freak out, and then she's like, no, 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 she tries to explain it or something. Um, could have been this one. So maybe she's having a feud with Merlin then to see who's the best wizard. Yeah, I could see that. Like her coming in and being like, uh, you know, I'm the intelligent person here. And then Merlin getting all huffy about it. It could definitely be true. Although this king, he's really into high fives. Like she just walks up and strikes the king. I don't know if, I don't know if he's really the best judge of intelligence here. She like strikes his hand, but it, that does make me wonder if somebody doesn't literally knows nothing about high fives. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how would you approach a high five? Like, like well, you know, you, you know what I would do, John, is I would just say, "Oh, it's like a thing," and then do it again with the little dance, and it would yeah. solve it apparently. <laughs> and then it's okay then. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I am assuming that she's done a lot of weird shit. That's like very modern before this that the king is already confused by, like like inventing the fork or, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, wearing uh, underwear, you know, various things that modern people do that older people probably didn't do quite. You're you're probably right. And it was definitely a trope in these this kind of movie from the you know 90s through early 2000s of doing something anachronistic when you're sent back in time and suddenly you're the wizard or whatever it is absolutely i mean we do see her in the second scene uh singing to the twist uh which i assume she brought back with like a boom box or disc yeah you say disc man here there's no headphones 
Yeah, I guess that is the question. We don't see a boombox or anything, but yeah, I guess there has to be one. There's gotta be. Unless she's like, <laughs> sorry, unless she's like imagining the music and singing along and, you know, her buddy walks in. And Maybe just, that's her magical power is remembering songs from the future and singing strange <laughs> tunes for the king. I mean, considering how she's uh, singing, which is, yar, let's twist, yeah, baby, twist. Yar, let's twist, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if she's remembering them all that <laughs> accurately. <laughs> you know, it, it could be, you could be right, John, but I think the more important question here is, this movie came out in 1999. Who was listening to the twist in 1999? Uh... I don't know, frankly. I also thought this, that, like, maybe the twist is just... There's something about the 90s obsession with the 50s that I don't really get. Uh, It must be, like, a baby boomer thing or something. Oh, sure. Uh, But there's definitely, like, a lot of, like, fascination with uh, music of that specific era when we were growing up like i think a lot of soundtracks involved a lot of like 1950s uh music uh and now i guess everything involves 80s music so uh, have we really changed as a society um maybe i mean maybe it's just like jokes in there for the parents yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I just saw Spider-Man uh, Far From Home yesterday, and they have, in the end credits, it's Vacation. You know, Vacation, da, 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 you know, that song? Yeah. And I'm like, we don't have huh. a new song about vacation? Like, there's not something like, I don't know, contemporary? That could... Well, I mean, wh- wh- why invent new things, John, if something <laughs> old will do? That's true. I guess we don't really get vacation anymore in this post-capitalist society, <laughs> so I'm not really sure what I'm trying to express. They had vacation. Combined in the PTO 80s. and PTI. Yeah, no, it doesn't really, doesn't really been, work. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's been 30 years since the last vacation, so I get it. I get <laughs> it. There's probably a reason people don't write about it. Yeah. Um, All right, so my, my last question about this second scene, though, is, is is she sitting at a desk or is it a baby grand piano? Like, can you tell what she's doing there? I think it's a desk. I think she's working on something. She's like, there's like bowls and stuff around her. Um. So is she like an apothecary? Yeah. Maybe she's like a chemist from the future. <laughs> maybe. Uh, or maybe she, maybe she knows stuff about like, like I'm trying to think back. Like, what do you do to like enlighten uh, the dark ages or whatever is mm-hmm. like, you know what you assume is happening here. And, I definitely think like gunpowder would be a thing uh, that would be very handy. However, do you know how to make gunpowder, Paul? <laughs> no, and neither no, do I. No, I and and I don't want to. I don't want to brag here, but we're both pretty well educated people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm assuming. I'm assuming not only is she going back in time, but she's also a chemist. <laughs> She could be a sassy chemist. Yeah, I mean, hey, Whoopi Goldberg could be a great chemist. I have no no issues with that. I'm just saying that it seems like a very specific skill to bring back from the future without, like, explicit knowledge. Unless, you know, maybe in 1998, the understanding of gunpowder was a lot more prevalent. You know, it could be. I actually think it's more likely that she's a... Well, I'll tell you that when we get to uh, okay. my recommendation. My No, not my recommendation. My theory is at the end. 
Uh, there's one other thing I wanted to talk about, but it's kind of tangential. So is there anything else from the scene for you? <laughs> uh, no, that's basically it. Uh, you do have a note that just says Black, uh, Mark, Martin Lawrence Black Knight, which was a movie that I remember from the movie store that I'm sure I've seen before. Yeah, so it came out in 2000, I, I think, around that anyway. So it ripped this movie off is what you're saying. <laughs> I think it entirely did because he gets sent back in time to King Arthur, I think also to King Arthur's court. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm like 99% sure yeah. that's exactly the plot. Does the same kind of anachronistic things. And in the same way that this movie doesn't seem to get into like race relations in the medieval ages, I don't think that movie did either. It was just you're I mean, it's my, under, it's my understanding that like we were a lot more mixed up like culturally than I think like we assume based off of, you know, I think I think you're right, but I don't know if that rose to the level of like royal courts. That uh, true. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think I think it would be the yeah. thing that I would say. But yeah, I like uh, I I don't know any of that. But yeah, there's definitely like it, it's uh, it's one of those things that I I do know is a big question mark that there's more to investigate there than just like. Nah, yeah, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. There's just like white people in king places or something like that. No, that's like... just definitely true. And I actually, I actually really like the way that movies from this era were approaching it. And I think it was probably because they were just not like interested in investigating it more. Mm-hmm. But it kind of comes across as like a, an almost beautiful, like entirely egalitarian presentation <laughs> in film. Which, yeah, egalitarian cool. representation of monarchy and, ult- and ultimate power. Well. Uh, <laughs> Fair, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fun. It's just a fun what if, you know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, those are those are all my points, John. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we should get into our theories about what this movie is really about. Absolutely. Okay. I guess I, I can go first. So I think that this movie, well, about three and a half years ago, Whoopi Goldberg fell through a magical portal behind a Burger King in Chicago, <laughs> but is still getting a slight Wi-Fi signal through the portal, and she's uploading a podcast through the Dimensional Rift. Uh, that's obviously a very funny joke about um, a different podcast. <laughs> yep. It's a yep. good podcast. No, I, I think she's a um, musician, actually, who sent back in time, and for the ah. King's Court is coming up with... Um, arrangements for simple modern songs like the twist which is why she's listening to it gotcha and i don't know exactly how that leads into a feud with merlin but i guess the king's musical court and his magical court are like at odds now it's kind of weird see i think i think i'm gonna go the other way because i think she enjoys music i mean she's mm-hmm. Whoopi goldberg she can't be in a movie without some sort of like music hook plus it's a kid's movie Mm-hmm. So, so like, and it's Disney, so therefore, you know, music is definitely an important aspect. But I actually think that she's like, uh, I don't know, like maybe, maybe like a chemist or an engineer or like, you know, like a professional that's been uh, accidentally sent back in time. I think that uh, she, the main sort of plot is like she's trying to get back while also trying to, uh, a- she accidentally sort of created this feud between her and Merlin. Uh, mm-hmm. By just being a modern person uh, and making Merlin look like a, a, I don't know, a douche or something like that, uh, just by like <laughs> correcting him or something. Sure. Uh, and and so Merlin's trying to get back at her, but she's just trying to get back to contemporary times. And I think what ends up happening is basically uh, 
he absentmindedly like gets in the way of her going back, which is actually what he wants her to do. Uh, and so she has to actually put the smack down on Merlin in order to uh, get back to get back in time. <laughs> uh, so I think that what she's doing is some sort of like preparation for her smackdown with Merlin, which I would mm. bet involves gunpowder or something. Yeah, I think your, yours might be a little more likely, but I actually think I'd recommend what I said. I'd recommend what you said. I'd recommend what this movie actually yeah. is. I think I, I actually, I actually movie, literally I considered what if I just put this on later today? Like there's, yeah. there's not, first off, nothing wrong with watching Whoopi Goldberg movies. Nothing wrong with stupid Disney movies from 1998, like live action made for TV movies. Uh, there's nothing wrong with this, I don't think. I think this is the first hard recommend we've given in a while. <laughs> yeah, in fact, everyone should go watch this movie is what we're saying right now. <laughs> the, the, the time travel will be Goldberg movie is the one that we're, we're giving a hard recommend. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us for this episode of the Whoopi Goldberg Appreciation Minute podcast. Yep. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, definitely review us on iTunes. But you could also submit your own minutes for us to talk about. I mean, we get a lot of great content from MinuteBot, but we'd like to hear from you as well. Absolutely. Great. Which you can do if you go to theminutepodcast.com slash contact. We've got a web form for you to fill out. It's super easy. You can send us a link. You can just send us this movie with X minute or hell, just send us an interesting movie and we can pick a minute, whatever you want to do. Or just email us at theminutepodcast at gmail.com. As always, this episode was hosted by John Warden, Paul Reberg, produced by John with music by me. Come back next week when we're going to ask you. Uh, would you like uh, to do the twist? <laughs> Vacation all I ever wanted. <laughs> it's a much better version of that song than I sang earlier. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm done. <laughs> Holy crap. You made it to the end. We'll be back next week to do it all again. Until then, be well and be sure to take a minute. The Minute Podcast.